Spring equinox blessings from me in the Northern Hemisphere. I've just watched the sunrise. I love being outside when it's still dark and watching the first little bursts of light that come under the clouds. I am jubilant that it's spring. It's been a long winter in so many ways. And I feel grateful for the changing of the seasons and the dependability, even through all of the changes of the sweet earth, that the sun has been rising on equinox and solstice in predictable ways for thousands of years. I know there's subtle changes, but there's still the seasonal predictability that isn't really predictable at all because it's just absolutely awe-inspiring, but there's a certainty to it that I love. A flock of ravens came by, and I say a flock because it was like eight of them right over my head, right before the sun burst out laughing. The blue jays are gathering sticks for their nest. The robins are hopping along the fence. You can hear the geese Sometimes I can hear the rooster. I live in a little village called Sonoma. Just a creek walk from downtown. And if I look through the trees, I can see the mountain ridge on one side. And on the other side, there's a creek. And it's beautiful. And I am grateful. I'm grateful to see the sun on the branches of the Three Sisters Oaks. Wherever we live, my husband Jonathan and I call our home the Five Seasons. It's also sometimes called Heartwood. It's Heartwood at the Five Seasons because it's whatever season you happen to be in that day that you're creating for yourself. It's what you're calling in in relationship to creation. But today I wanted to not only wish you happy spring equinox and happy fall equinox in the southern hemisphere and just be with you but also let you know I've been thinking of you because on February 22nd I received what felt to me like a pretty clear assignment from the sacred which is to move our 100 year plan of calling circles for a hundred years to a 500 year plan. I know it's quite a leap, but at the time, close to 20 years ago, when the idea for continuity circles for a hundred years came through, that was a big idea then too. Of course, it's inspired by my relationships with the indigenous people of North America, some of whom I got to grow up with and be stewarded by and call my family. Yes, to the seven generations of family. And I want to go further somehow because so much of my family is walking on and many just having their own lives. We don't have that close-knit family in the same way that we did when my mom, Karen, and my other mom, Sue, was here. We're connected, but it's different. When the matriarch leaves, we get to discover 
leaves this incarnation anyway. We get to discover who we are. And I feel like what I am is a matriarch of a vision. I even hesitate to say community. I think of it sometimes like a kin clan. Although there are associations with every word like clan and circle and tribe. So I don't quite have the name yet except the word council. And council is something I've been doing in my family since I was five years old and that I've shared with tens of thousands of women throughout the world and the men and other gendered or non-gendered who choose to join us. February 22nd is Carmen Baraka's special day. And Carmen Baraka was the Native American, I'll say is the Native American elder in our community here in the space of intentional creativity, which spans Cosmic Cowgirls and Musea University and Intentional Creativity Foundation. It was on that day that the 500-year circle came through. Before I talk about that, I want to invite you to an idea. An idea of how a circle like this, a sensibility and a sensation for a circle like this comes into being. So I feel like when people do enough work, or what we call healed enough, that there is an intersection which happens between sensuality, sensibility, and the soma and the soul. So soma, body, and and finite, and soma is like the root system here on earth. And then soul is more like infinite and is part of whatever larger framework we humans are actually operating in. So, so much a soul. And then sensuality to sensibility. By sensuality, I mean all of the senses and all of the feels and all of the openings of the body and how it perceives and makes sense of what's incoming how one experiences one's own sense of self and sense of place. And then the sensibility, and I don't mean sensibility as in just like pure logic makes sense. I mean sensibility from the perspective of that how this contextual framework of having this human experience fits with our physical body and our sensuality. So for me... My sensibility and my sensuality, my soma and my soul, are as connected as they are capable of being on any given day when I request that. When I request that I be as awake as I can be in any given moment, like right now, today, I'm asking, then whatever my soul and soma is available to is where I'm at. This is why I don't put levels on awakening because to me, awake is not a level, it's capacity. There isn't a hierarchy, it's an experience where sensuality and sensibility come together, where coherence exists 
between the finite and the infinite and there's a recognition of both and then who we are as humans in this medial place. I think of myself as kind of a medial agent. And in my sensuality and sensibility, I have a sense of the past. I have a sense of the past, not only because I study archaeomythology, but because I grew up with moms who were scholars of their own making and were also a certain kind of historian. And because I have an infinite fascination with who we've been being and how that's informing who we are becoming. And so I have a sense of the past. I have a sense of the ancient. I have a sense of my ancestors in Scandinavia and in the Slavic nations. I have a sense of my red thread going back to Africa. My family left between 60 and 80,000 years ago. My mitochondrial DNA demonstrates I w- my family was some of the first to depart. And interestingly enough, our mitochondrial DNA from my grandmother Eden ends with me and my sisters because we did not have girl children. So in a way, I'm at the end of the line. And so I ask myself, what is it that I want to bring forward? What is the vision? And that brings in my sensibility about the future. I am watching about eight teeny tiny birds as they dance around a sunlit tree. I wish I could share it with you. I guess I am. Now for the future. When I think about the future, and I think about 500 years from now, and I think about us being about 20 years in since the vision came, so about 480 years from now, and I ask myself, what do the people of the future need that's the same as what the people of the now need, that's the same as what the people of the past and our ancestors needed? And of course the answer is love. And then I ask myself, what is the shape of that love? And the shape of that love is accountability and responsibility. The shape of that love means there's a consistency and at least an attempt toward a kind of continuity. So much of this life is uncertain and people ask me to speak on uncertainty, but actually I wanna speak on the things that are certain. I cannot guarantee how long I will be here, but I will commit to you that as long as I am here, I will do what I can do to put a continuity circle, a council in place that will go to the next 480 years. The structure of that is meetings in person and in the quantum. And it will also, hello Raven, it will also mean that many of you who are part of our community will need to hold the circle with me and we need to pass it to younger generations. So I think of it as a kind of lineage that is passed from hand to hand. And there are things I want to have this circle put in place. I have some big visions about it. I have some big sensations about it that includes being able to steward little pieces of 
land that our elders stewarding us. It has to do with meeting and being in conversation. It has to do with talking about the sweet world and the climate and the changes. It has to do with remembering the moons and it has to do with remembering the wheel of the year and not forgetting it. All my life, Sue kept solstices and equinoxes. But many people around me did not. It's much more popular now. But we could forget again. And it's not like we actually forgot. It was actually removed from us and taken over. So part of what I'm bringing to the council is a sense of pattern and a sense of place and a sensuality which invites our entire body to experience sense of place. And then right in the middle of soma and soul the hot, hot, white, hot, mystical idea of identity and the capacity that each one of us can curate our own identity. And that's what we do around here. That's what we do around here at Cosmic Cowgirls and Musea. We invite you to identity. Identity means you are the medial agent between soma and soul and all the aspects of what that actually means and inhabiting as much of it as you possibly can in any given day. And so today, on Spring Equinox, I bring forward to you the counsel and the abstract because only you know if you're a part of it. I bring forward the idea to you of beginning this circle and being a part of it in your own way and working with me to steward it into the future. I don't know what it will become. For now, my part of the assignment is simply to announce that it's happening, that it opened on the 22nd of February, and that it's being initiated on the 20th of March, 2023. More is coming regarding this, but for now... I have shared it with you. The council is called Mamu. M-A-A-M-U-U. Two ancient words that are supposed to be spoken slowly in this case. Mamu. Mamu. It's going to be a song. It's going to be a circle. It's going to go on for as long as we can. And it's going to create a stitch of certainty in the uncertain fabric. But because I can't guarantee it alone, we'll need many of you to guarantee it with me. Because it matters. Because love needs a shape. And the shape is making a shape that people can lean into and people can come to. And that we can offer what we can offer in real space, in real time. And so it begins the Mamu Council.